And Lord, we just worship you tonight and just declare, Lord, that you walk in to each and every one of our rooms of our lives. That, Lord, this night that resurrection power flows into our lives. That every dead thing comes to life right now in Jesus' name. I declare that sickness and disease can't dwell in your midst, can't dwell in our midst because we are infused with the resurrection power of God. Lord, I praise you. When you walk into the room, everything changes, Lord. So walk into the rooms of our lives and our hearts right now. Walk into every dark place, Lord, and bring the light of the gospel into it, Lord. Resurrection power coming in, setting us free. Lord, worry has to go right now in Jesus' name. Fear has to go right now in Jesus' name. It can't stand in the presence of the Almighty God can't live in the presence of God. Oh, Lord. Praise you right now. Just invade the homes. Invade everyone's home. People begin to be hungry and cry out for you, Lord, and you just invade their homes with that resurrection power. Setting people free. Setting people free right now from doubt and unbelief. Setting people free, Lord God from just bondage of just fear in this world system. Setting them free, Lord, to just worship you, to fall on their knees and just to worship you with all of their hearts. Lord, let this nation turn into a nation that worships God. Just begin to fall on their faces and worship you, Lord. Lord, homes that are, right now they're just beginning, there's turmoil in the home, just that turmoil leaves. Fights and dissensions just leave because you're there in the middle of their house. There in the middle of their lives. Lord, I praise you for All it takes is to call out on him. All it takes is to open up his, your heart. All it does, all it takes is for you to open up the door. Revelation 3 says he's standing at the door knocking. If you'll just open it up, let him come on in. Why are you listening to the devil? Why are you listening to fear? Why are you listening to doubt and unbelief? Why are you let fear come on you and think that God's not going to do it? How come you think God's forsaken you? All you got to do is open up the door and let him come in. So all you got to do is open up the door and let him come in. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Fill my heart. Fill my life. Fill my home. Lord, let your resurrection power flow in my life. That's all you got to do. Start to cry out for him. You watch what he does. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. And Lord, I just declared over each and every one of us, we're not going to be doubters. We're not going to be people who are full of unbelief, but we're going to be people who are shouting your praises, that you are the life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the life, Lord. That's what we're going to be saying. And no devil in hell is going to tell us any different. Lord, I praise you for it. So just lift your hands right there. Lift your heart to say, Lord, come into my home. Come into my house. Come into my life. Just invite him in. Come on. Just say, come on. Fill my house. Fill my house. Fill my business. Fill my life. Fill my family. Fill my children. Fill our world, Lord. Fill our world, Lord. 
Lord, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. I just thank you for coming in. Come on, just thank you for being the breath of life blowing into your lives. That he's the one that's got you by his strong right arm. You're not going to fall. You're not going to fail. God's got you. Lord, we praise you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for every one of our kids, every one of our family members. Lord, blessed, full of the Holy Ghost and fire. We won't take anything else but that. In Jesus' mighty name. Now look at somebody in here. If you're at home, look at somebody around there and say, Man, Jesus just filled my house. Woo! Praise you, Lord. Let him walk in. See what happens. Amen? Man, God is so good. I know the world's screaming all kinds of stupid stuff, but I'm not listening. I'm just going to listen to what the gospel says. I'm just going to read my Bible and believe that it's true. How about that? Y'all going to do that too? I'm going down swinging. Bless the Lord. Man. I'm telling you what, I, I have something I want to share with you tonight. It's going to change your life forevermore. It's the best message I've ever preached in my entire life. I guarantee it'll rock your world if you grab it. If you don't, then you're just going to say, oh, wasn't that just sweet? And then you're going to go home. But don't do it. Don't do it to me. Grab hold of it tonight. So I, I, I want to jump right into this because this is powerful. Um, I want you to go in, uh, to uh, John chapter 14. Now, you remember last, last Wednesday I was preaching this message about binding and loosing. And uh, I told you I didn't know what I was going to call it or whatever. You know, I, I just left it at that because I, I, there's a whole lot of things I, I can see in here. But, you know, we, t- we were looking at Matthew 16 where Jesus said, who do, who, do, who do they say that I am? You know, and that's what's going on in the world right now today. People don't want to admit that Jesus is the son of God. You know, they want to they want to make they want to turn it into religion. They want to turn it into this, that and the other. But the bottom line is. Is Jesus, when, he, when, when Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God, then Jesus turned to him and says, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. You didn't, you didn't get that out of your own thinking. That didn't come to you. You know, always know when God speaks to me because I'm not smart enough to have thought of that. Right? And so that's what happened to Peter. Peter said, you're the son of God. That's who you are. And Jesus just looked at him and said, man, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My Father in heaven revealed that to you. My Father spoke to you and told you that. You heard from heaven, Peter. Now, I put that in there, okay, but uh, that's what he said. And so then, then he says, you know, this, this getting this revelation, this hearing from heaven, this coming and, and hearing what your Father says about your situation and who I am and what's going on, this, this building block is what you're going to build your whole life on. And he says, if you, can, if you can walk in that building block, well, then, you know, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Now, that's all, you know, that's Dr. Richard's paraphrase, okay? But that's what he said. He said, this building block that you just got right there, hearing your father say something, revealing the word, the, the, all the Old Testament scriptures that said the Messiah was coming just came alive to you, Peter. He just revealed it to you. That revelation is what will put a foundational block in your life that will cause you to be able that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. When you loose on earth, will be loose in heaven. And then I told y'all that, you know, I looked at a lot of these, uh, 
You know, I've read a lot of books over the years and, you know, everybody having their 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 thing about binding and some book on binding and loosening and all this kind of stuff. And people want to turn it into like a, uh, you know, like it's a secret prayer. If you say it a certain way, then it'll work. And I, that's just bull. It just this is this bull. OK, because the bottom line is it's all about faith and it's all about revelation. Now, this is what I want to show you tonight. I showed you that he said that word revealed means to uncover, to lay open, that what has been veiled now is open. Okay, that's what it is. All of a sudden, I understand that revelation that comes from heaven is what he's talking about. Now, John 14, I want to read you three scriptures and then I'm just going to go on and, and, and then I want to build back on this. John 14, 12, John 14, 12 through 14. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. It's in red. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, do y'all believe in Jesus? Are y'all believers in Jesus? Right? Y'all are believers in Jesus. Okay. So then that's you. He who, right? Are you hearing me? So when you open up your Bible and you're reading there and you're looking at it and it says, he who will, he who believes in me, that's you. That's everybody in this world that believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God, right? So that's you he's talking to. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Now go to John chapter 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go forth and bear fruit. Okay, so let's just look at that for a second. <clears throat> when he was speaking over in, in 14, we all know that we're in this prayer. We're in this, this declaration because you're the believer. He says, you didn't choose him. He chose you. So basically, you, you, you always say, well, I came to Jesus, but you know, really Jesus was calling you and you finally accepted. He already chose you. He chose you, Mabel. He looked down over all the earth, over all the expanse, and looked and said, I want Mabel. Wow. That's like a hand-picked flower. I want that one, okay? You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So we have a job to do in the kingdom, which is bearing fruit. We're supposed to be productive Christians. We're supposed to be the kind of people that live a life so that everybody else looks at our life and says, I don't know what you got, but I want it. What are you doing? Your skin looks so good. Ladies, y'all talk like that all the time. What is that that you're using? Your skin looks just amazing. Come on. But this should be people looking into our lives as Christians. That's why I get so mad when I see people that are just doing stupid things and they're doing it all in the name of Jesus. Because it just gives it all a bad name. All right? You're supposed to bear fruit that your fruit should remain. Okay, here we go. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. <clears throat> These things I command you that you love one another. Okay? 16, John 16, 23. John 16, 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. All right? Three major scriptures all out of the book of John. 14 chapters, 14, 15, and 16, right? 
All saying that whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus or whatever you ask Jesus, whatever, whatever we need will be supplied. Hello? Am I right? I didn't make it up. That's not my, that's not, you know, some crazy doctrine I got at. That's just in the Bible, right? And if you go look at all your cross references, none of them are, 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 are tried to be diminish them, right? They're in all Bibles, all translations. Every one of them says almost everything. So you can't get away from it, in other words. There's no way to write it out and say, well, you know, in some of the most ancient manuscripts, if you look at that word, you do. No, no, no. All of those, you can't argue with them. Am I got an amen on that one, right? Everybody in agreement on that one. There's no way around it. Those words say what they say. There's no way around it. You can't say, oh, well, he was only speaking to the disciples. He just said everybody that believed in him. All right? He just laid it out for every person, okay? So now I've been preaching this over the last, you know, long time about being in the family of God and trying to get you to understand about what it means to be in Christ and that you're seated, according to Ephesians 2, you're seated at the right hand of the throne in Christ, that, you know, you have an inheritance uh, uh, that is, is in God. You have, you are in, there's so many in Christ scriptures in the Bible. You're in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, right? Okay. But then we wake up in the morning, we look in the mirror, <clears throat> and we see us. And Jesus said, man's a lot like that. That he goes and he looks into the water and he sees his reflection, and then he goes off and then quickly forgets what manner of man he was. All right? So I want to give you something tonight sink your teeth into. Um, I was actually reading this in a book. A few days ago, I was reading about uh, the power in the name of Jesus in an old book written back in the 60s, and uh, something was said in there that got me off on a rabbit trail, and I got to chasing this, and I got over there and got to doing this and that, you know, and got to digging and scratching like a chicken trying to find something, you know, and I, you know, wait, 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 wait. and so then I had to call a friend of mine uh, because I, I, I said, you know, wait a minute, he, he's an attorney, a legal attorney, a real, a real attorney. Okay, it's not just like I Googled it. I called, I called an official person. Okay? And so I asked him, I said, let me ask you a question. Now, I said, I know that laws may vary in the United States from state to state, but I said, let's just take Texas. I said, if you, if I came to your office and I gave you power of attorney, what happens? And he said, well, there's a, there's a form. There's actually the state puts out a form. And he said, there's a form. And on this form, it has boxes you check. And in these boxes, you check what you're actually specifically given as power of attorney. He says, you can limit it or it can be absolute. Now, I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm telling you exactly what this attorney told me. Okay. So I, I questioned him a little bit more. And I said, so what does it really mean? Like if I gave you absolute power of attorney, what does that really mean? His words were, and I quote, it's just as if I stepped into your shoes and acted on your behalf. And as soon as he said that, man, the Holy Ghost goes on the inside of me and said, what? Just as if you stepped into my shoes and acted on my behalf. And I said, well, let me ask a question. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me dig a little more here. I said, 
does, if I gave you this power, absolute power of attorney, then can Laura override it? And he says, well, it happens all the time. They go to court and try, but no, if it's, if it's sealed that away and you have all the boxes checked and you have given me absolute power, I am acting as you. And, and, and no matter that she's my wife, she cannot override it. And the minute he said that to me, stepped in just as if I stepped into your shoes, I thought to myself, does that sound like the in Christ realities of what it truly means to be in Christ? That Jesus says, I'm giving you this power of attorney. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you power of attorney so that I, you will be in me and operating on this earth as if I'm operating on this earth because it's the power of attorney that you have to operate in my stead. Is that not what it's saying? So when you go to ask the Father, it's not me asking the Father. It's my power of attorney asking the Father because I'm in Christ under the blood. I'm, this, I'm a son of God in there. So when I'm asking the Father, all of a sudden, boom, it's as if Jesus is asking the Father. So is the Father going to turn Jesus down? So I went on and asked this attorney. I said, you know, what? You know, like, so does that mean you can just like, You've got it. You've got the power of attorney. You could just come in and you could just say, hey, I think we should sell that truck. He said, oh, absolutely. No one can say anything. It's sold. I said, what do you mean? He said, sell real estate? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. I just walk in there. I'm acting as you. And I just say, yeah, I want that piece of property sold. Doesn't make any difference. It's Laura, Joseph, Darcy, everybody outside screaming, hollering, don't sell. I signed off and gave him the power of attorney. It's that powerful that it overrides the family. And now I was living in the curse. I was lost and undone. What Ephesians 2 says that I was under the course of the, of the world. I, I, was, I was swayed in the sway of the enemy. But then he took me out and translated me into the kingdom of his dear son, the son of his love. He took me out, and over here now I'm not swayed by the curse, the curse, or the course, or this world, or this world system, because there's a power vested in me, being in Christ, that gives me the power of attorney to say, look, get out of here, I'm not listening to you. You have no right to come into my family. I'm taking it as if Jesus himself is saying this to you. I'm not, I have been given the power of attorney to act in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, you have to go. So it's as if Jesus said it. It's not you trying to work up some kind of faith to try to say, oh, all you have to do is, do you believe that the word of God's true? Do you believe that what he said in, in, in John 14, 15, and 16 that those words are true, and by him giving you the power of authority, you have that ability to, to walk. Well, then, of course, anything you bind is going to be bound, and anything you loose is going to be loosed, because you're acting under your power of attorney. Are y'all following me? Okay, so let me stretch you tonight. So I'm going to give you five things, I think. I think five things. I don't know. I'm going to give you five things that... You have power over, all right? The first one are the elements of this world. 
You say, what? Now, the other night, um, Sunday night, when that storm blew in, wasn't it Sunday night? That storm blew in, I wouldn't pay any attention to it. I don't really, I mean, we, I've lived here all my life. I ain't worried about storms. Storms come, storms go, no big deal. I know most of the time I run up and put my truck in because somebody says it's going to hail, it's going to do this, and then it never even rains. And so, you know, I didn't do anything. I'm sitting there eating my lunch, eating my supper, and a uh, storm blows in. And then all of a sudden, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And I jumped up right quick because all of a sudden I noticed that the wind, that it was coming, it was coming one direction, and then all of a sudden instantly I noticed the wind changed and came from a different direction. It was coming from the other side. And I began to notice the top of the trees going over, and I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And I jumped up. And I went up to the window and I looked at her and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You, man, you, you storm, tornado, whatever you high winds are, whatever you sheer winds, whatever you want to call yourself, in the name of Jesus. And my trees were just, man, they were bending over like I didn't think at the moment. In my natural eye looking, I thought, I'm going to lose every oak tree in our yard. And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the wind just went, just stopped. And I said, that's right. You're not going to be messing with it. And all of a sudden, here comes another gust. And I said, I, re- I said, you ain't got no rights, no privileges. Get off of everything I have responsibility for. You will not touch it in the name of Jesus. And that wind started whipping around. And then it stopped. My wife was standing there. She's watching it. And then in a minute here, it came back, tried third time to get me. And I said, I tell you, you don't have any rights. You don't have any- I'm standing up just shouting out of my out of my living rooms, and you're not going to do this in the name of Jesus. You're not going to destroy one thing on my piece of property. And so, stop. Storm passed, went on, went on off. Some people could say, well, that was just normal. Ah, you can go do, believe whatever you want to. I know what I saw. So, the next morning, Monday morning, I, 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 I drove around, looked around my property, and there, there was one dead cedar tree that needed to fall over anyway, and it fell over. And uh, I looked around. There was nothing really in, you know, in, in shambles. Nothing was messed up, anything. Uh, I had to tell you one thing that I, that I can't find. Uh, but anyway, that really irritated me. But I looked around. Nothing was destroyed. No trees were destroyed. No anything like that. And then finally yesterday I was going around and I found this one little bush, bush tree. I don't even know what the thing is. had fallen over. And uh, kind of the roots were up, you know, where this thing had twisted it up. Okay, so... My point is, is that I don't care what it is in this world. Jesus spoke to the seas and said, be still, and they were still. So there is something about the elements in this world that, that have to obey the name of Jesus. Well, if you're standing in the power of attorney in the name of Jesus, well, then that means that you have the right to stand and rebuke tornadoes and hurricanes and, and, and floods and whatever, and, and you can do it. All right? But let me show you something. Go to Exodus 14. You say, well, Robert, that's a little bit out there. Well, whatever. Exodus 14, 13. Story of Moses part in the Red Sea. Let me show you something here. Exodus 14, 13. It says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. This is when they're standing. Pharaoh's armies are coming, and they're in front of the Red Sea and all that. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he has accomplished for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again, no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and He shall hold your and and you shall hold your peace. Now stop right there. <clears throat> the angel was in front of the 
Israelites, between them and the Egyptians, the angel of fire was standing there. Okay, so they're seeing that. But yet the people, if you read the other verses in front of that, the people were actually saying, let's just go back. Maybe the Egyptians won't beat us too much anymore. Let's see if we can't just work peace out with them. I don't know. Let's just give up. That's what they were saying. Even though there was an angel standing there. What's wrong with those idiots? Okay. I mean, like they just eat up with stupid. I mean, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I would be sitting there saying, man, look at that angel. Moses says, hey, be, be strong. The, the Lord will fight for you. Fight for you. So Moses is thinking the angel is just going to go and it's like fire come out or something and get rid of all those bad Egyptians. That's what Moses is thinking. He's not thinking about parting the Red Sea. That has not crossed his mind. So then the Lord will fight to you and hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? <laughs> why do you cry to me? Now, you know, if Moses, you know, at, if this is the latter end of his life, this happened, I'm pretty sure Moses would say, why do I cry to you? Because you give me a six million murmuring, grabbing, complaining people that are driving me nuts. But at this point of his walk, he doesn't really know what to say. And God says, why, why, why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Well, they can't go forward. There's a sea in front of them. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Okay, at this point, Moses, you know, I, I don't know anywhere he could have known about the sea parting anointing. It wasn't like he could go back in his Bible and read, right? Because it's just being written. So God will part the sea. But all he had to do was believe in the word that God told him. Are you following me here? He didn't have to believe the sea would part. Oh, oh, you want to do a number six out there on the sea? All right, Lord, I remember you doing that one before. No, he hadn't seen it. He didn't know what he's talking about. All he had to do is believe the word. Folks, listen to me. It's amazing what you'll see God do in your life if you'll just believe his word. Quit trying to come up with your own scenario, your own ideas, your own ministry, your own kingdom, your own everything. Just start listening here. What does God want you to do? So he says, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. So what does he have to do? He just had to stand up there and say, well, what's, what do I have to lose? Stretches out his rod. Remember Charlton Hesson standing up there? He's blowing his hair <laughs> Right? He just says, do two things. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. So he just lift up his rod, stretch out his hand, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the elements had to obey God. Don't ever forget, God created this world. He made it. He knows how it all works. But Moses was only having faith and acting upon what God heard, what God said. Right? So my point is, I love it when he says, why do you cry to me? In other words, Moses, you already have the power and authority to do this. Why don't you just go do it? Power of attorney. How about Daniel? Daniel's going into the lion's den. He looks at the king and says, I'm not worried about the lions. Don't, 
I'm not worried about the lines. Whatever happens, I, I, I'm going in there. God's with me. The next morning, open up the hole. Daniel says, ah, an angel came, shut the mouth of the lines. But then they threw the wicked guys in, and they ate them all up. So they were hungry lions. They weren't always like as Elijah. I mean, Elisha, excuse me. When they're out trying to start a Bible school, and everybody's chopping and everything, and the axe head flies off into the water, which if you've ever used an axe much, this is a high possibility if you don't take care of your axe well, right? Flies off out into the water. The guy runs to him, and he's not concerned that he's lost his axe head. He's concerned because... It was a borrowed axe, and he's going to have to pay for it now, and he's going to make restitution to the person he borrowed it from. And he goes over there, and Elijah just goes and goes to the water, gets a stick, puts it in the water, swishes it around, and it says that the, the, the axe head came and it swam. It floated and swam. Again, that's one of those DVDs I got to see when we get to heaven. How did that do it? You know, you know I don't know. But it swam, it said. And so then he says, oh, pick up the axe head. So many times, so many times in the Old Testament, we see it over and over and over and over and over again, where just the wildest things, they got, they're eating, eating poison porridge, and Elisha just gets some salt and throws in there and said, oh, it's all right. I mean, I wonder who was like, they're all down there like, okay, it's okay. Waiting to see who's going to eat the first bite, right? All trying to be men of faith. Right? It's like my story about being in, you know, the Ukraine when they, they served that borscht. I hate borscht. I don't like it anyway. And they put it down there and put that thing in there. And Pastor Randy said a prayer over it, you know, just a common prayer. And uh, then the guy says something. And I said, what did he say? And the interpreter says, he said, good. Now it, the radiation won't hurt us. And I was like, Whoa! I'm praying a prayer, man. Well, Jesus! Praying over this stuff. That's what y'all are telling me is in it. I mean, it's okay to just say, oh, Lord, bless this food. Thank you for nourishing us in Jesus' name. Man, you're thinking radiation there, bless God. You're going to pray. My point is there was power over the elements. Jesus speaks over the sea. Jesus raises the dead. Jesus walks on the water. And he said, the things that I do, you'll do greater. You cannot discard power over the elements in your power of attorney. Okay? Second one. Power over the demonic realm. Jesus cast out legion. Paul blinded the false prophet when he was up there. He just said, be blind. You know, and this guy was blind. Now, this is the one I want to look at. Look at Luke 13.10. Luke 13, 10. Now, when he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bent over and could in no wise rise, raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her, and he said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. Wow, what a compassionate guy. And not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered and said, Hypocrite, does it not teach each of you that on the Sabbath you can loose your ox or your donkey in the stall and lead it to water? So ought not this woman, the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years to be loose from the bonds on the Sabbath? He said Satan had bound that woman, and Jesus loosed her. 
Jesus had power and authority over the devil from the beginning. But then how much more after the resurrection? Jesus saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. That's what Luke 10 says. Right? Jesus was not like new to Satan and his tricks. He knew who he was. He'd seen him. He knew he saw the choir boy around heaven. Right? Wasn't like they just got acquainted when they came to the cross. He knew who he was. And he knew he didn't have any power over what God had created, his creation, you. Remember, angels and demons are created beings. You are created in the image of God. It's a big difference. A big difference. And so Jesus had authority. How about Mark 16? He said, go into all the world. Right? Lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, speak in tongues, drink poison. Ain't going to hurt you. I wouldn't just go home and try some Drano or something, you know, just to tempt the Lord. All I'm saying is, is you got to get your faith going because if Jesus is giving you a power of attorney, well, then you have power of attorney over everything that he had. And if he says you're going to do greater works than him, then you've got to know what works he was in charge of, what he was doing. Right? Let me look at the third one here. Third one is your future. Psalms 2, ask of me what you want. Give me the nations as your inheritance. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Your future, Ephesians 3.20, he's going to do exceedingly above, above all you could even ask or think. Your future is in your, is in your power of attorney to walk as Jesus did on this earth. That's your future. Now, will there be persecution? Well, they persecuted Jesus. Will there be trials and tribulations? Well, sure, because we live in a fallen world. Could you be thrown into prison? Well, yeah, Paul and Silas were. But then they just went to pray and had a Holy Ghost meeting. The whole place was shaking. Everybody got saved. How about Peter thrown into prison? He was, must have been pretty comfy. He was asleep so much that the angel had to kick him and wake him up. Right? Hit him on his side. Wake up. A miracle's taking place. An angel's standing right there about to let him get free. And Peter's is so asleep. Angel has to get up. Chains all fall off him. Walks out the door. He's in a daze. What's happening? What's going on? Sounds like me. If I have to get up it like that. If I get startled, I woke up in the night. I'm just like walking around. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Never forget years and years ago, we had an ironing board in the room. And there was an iron on it. And the phone was ringing in the middle of the night. And I got up and I got the iron. Hello? And then Laura's like, what are you doing? Went off and over there and got the phone. It's just like, what? I just, I don't know. It had a handle. <laughs> I don't do well being woke up like that. That's how Peter was. But the chains fell off of him. Again, there you go, the elements. The locks that bound him just fell off. Door swung open. Peter walks out. Okay, but your future, you have the ability and the, the power over your future to walk. How are you going to walk? You're going to serve Jesus all the days of your life. You're going to stand in the face of adversity and say, I want to be a Christian all the days of my life. I want to teach my kids how to be a Christian. I'm going to, I'm going to teach people how to pray. I'm going to teach people what the word of God says. I'm going to everywhere around me. I'm going to let my light shine so that people can see my good works and glorify my father in heaven. You're, you're, you're in charge of your future. The devil's not in charge of your future. Listen, you're not going down. You're going up. All right. The fourth one is. Your family. Now, 
I mean, so many, just so much. I mean, I could just go for hours on this one. I'm just trying to just give you some points that you can just go look at. I mean, look at, the, look at uh, 2 Kings 4, the Shunammite with the oil that didn't quit pouring. Man, I got home. My son gave me a revelation after that. He said, man, I thought of something, Dad. Have you ever thought of this? And he gave it to me. I was like, oh, my Lord. Now, that is a preach. Y'all probably want to know it, but I ain't going to tell you because I'm write a book on it. No, he said, this is what he said. He said, I was just wondering. He said, the woman, do you reckon she had faith to tip the jar back up with each pour? Or did she just, it's running, get that bucket and bring the next one underneath that because she was scared to tip it up. Because I was saying she poured and then she went back and then she poured. She went back. But he said, what if she just tipped it? What if she was... What if they're Christians that just don't really have faith? The miracle's happening. Just hurry, get buckets. She's just slinging oil, dripping oil everywhere, just running another bucket underneath that's scared to move. You know, didn't want to say, oh, God might quit. Not really having the faith that she should have to walk. And I said, that'll preach, son. I'm writing it in my book, my, my notes, and I'm going to preach it like that sometime. So what I'm saying is, God took care of her whole family, right? How about the, how about the other woman, the Shunammite woman that... Uh, her, her, that Elisha, her, she got a son, and then he died, and he comes back and heals her, okay? How many fathers, mothers, went to Jesus saying, intercede for my children? They're demon-possessed, or they're sick, or Jairus' daughters who is dead. How many times did fathers and mothers run to Jesus asking for intercession? The, the, when Jesus came back from the Mount of Transfiguration and the boy that kept always falling on the fire, the epileptic, he was there. The father brought him to him. You see what I'm saying? Family members interceding for their children, going to Jesus happens throughout all of the New Testament and the Old Testament. And every time Jesus delivered. Even the woman who Jesus, look, I'm, I'm called to the the, the, the Lost sheep of Israel, I'm not called to deal with the Gentiles at this point. And she just kept on, kept on. Yes, but even the little dogs eat from under the children's table. And he's like, that woman's got some faith. Okay, your daughter's ill. You can't tell me if you go in your power of attorney and intercede for your children, God won't deliver them. He's done it throughout the whole Old Testament. All right? So that was just four. The fifth one is what you can't bind. So four things you can bind, loose, whatever. Use your power of attorney. The, the fifth one is what you can't, what you can't bind, all right? It's someone else's free will. Jesus never violated a person's free will. Jesus preached the gospel. He told everybody what was the truth, and then a man had to believe or not. He didn't cast spells upon people. He didn't make people... Do things that they didn't want to do, and neither can you. You don't intercede for your children in your power of attorney by casting a spell on them. You do it by going to the Father and getting them delivered. And He has to work it out so that their free will is not violated. You can't, you can't go and, 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 and you know, claim somebody else's wife or business or, or you know, you, 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 you got to... It's one of, the, uh, one of the things that I see so many times that people are praying that I'm like, 
that's, that's not scriptural. What you're asking for is not scriptural because look what God would have to do. He'd have to knock that person off, you know, turn that one into a donkey and change that one over there to make this all your prayer work out. You can't do that. You're in charge of you and your kingdom. But in the power of attorney, when you say in the name of Jesus, what you're doing is saying, I have the power of attorney. That's what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, you're, you're being Jesus. You're in his shoes. Or he's in yours, however you want to look at it. Right? And so you say, in the name of Jesus, sickness has to go. It's as if Jesus spoke. It's not you. It's him. Because you're speaking in the power of attorney. Get it off of you. Get it on Jesus. You following me? Now, how much power does Jesus have? Well, I believe Ephesians 1 says all power and authority on heaven and earth, or in heaven and earth, is what's been given to Jesus. So is there anything out of his grasp? The only thing that's out of his grasp is if free will of a human being gets involved. It's the only thing. I guess really there's two things. And the second one is, is you don't believe it. You just don't believe it. Had a person years ago call me up and say, Pastor, uh, my car wouldn't start. Battery's dead. I don't have enough money to buy a battery. And so I, I went outside and I marched around it seven times and commanded it to start. I said, did it start? I said, no. And I said, well, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I don't know why God didn't do it. And I said, did God tell you to go march around your car seven times until it starts? She said, well, no. I just thought it would work. Did it Jericho? <laughs> My point being, you got to follow the revelation of what God's telling you to do. You can't just come up with something and say, I'm going to go, I want to walk on water, so I'm just going to go walk on water. You walk on water, God tells you to walk on water, but you can't walk on water if you're just making up your own tempting of the Lord. Yeah, Jesus said you can't, don't tempt the Lord just to make bread or just to do this or just to do that, right? It's this whole role of fellowship and a family, folks. I'm telling you, it's this whole understanding of family that God is in charge and he's put Jesus on this earth to destroy the works of the devil so that we as his sons could walk in the power of attorney that Jesus bought for each and every one of us. It's about family and doing what daddy wants to do. And so this is how we need to approach everything. All right? You need to stop and think about it. Now, if... You know, let's just say, let's just say, you know, Jimmy here gave me power of attorney. Well, if he did that, the first question I would ask if somebody came to me and said, listen, Jimmy's not here and you have to make a decision. My first question would be is, what would Jimmy do? Right? Because I'd want to honor him and his life and his family. And so I would want to know, how would Jimmy want to do this? And so that would be my first question. Okay, how would Jimmy handle this? So don't you think our first question should always be, okay, <clears throat> how would Jesus handle this? And then once we understand it, then you're going to take the power that's given to you. You're going to use the name of Jesus. You're going to speak forth to it, and you're going to handle it. 
Because you've been put in charge. Amen? It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful, powerful understanding and revelation. I encourage you, go home, study John 14, 15, 16. Read it. Try to just ask the Holy Ghost to reveal this to you. Keep it down in your heart. Just go over and over and over and over. Maybe you got to cast out some old doctrine. You know? Because there's a lot of people that want to just put it all in the hands of God and whatever happens, happens. And that's not what he did. He put it in your hands. But then that means you're responsible. That means you got to do something. Like have a relationship with the Father and pray. And know what his will is. Amen? Amen. So look at the person beside you and say, hey, we got some homework to do. Amen? Praise God. So everybody out there, you're watching. Everybody in here, listen, I just want to tell you, man, God's got you. In this time, it's time to rise up. It's time to start speaking the name of Jesus. It's time to take that power of attorney and start speaking into the situations and circumstances going on in the world all around you. Don't let all the crazy people rule your life. Don't let all the craziness that's going on, spinning out of control, look like it's going to take you down. No, 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 no. Heaven's got you. Heaven's got you. And so what I want to ask you to do is everybody just stand up, and I want to pray over you. I want to speak a good word over you. And for those of you who have offerings tonight, we're just going to have the bucket there at the back of the church, and you can just put the, your offerings in the bucket. I want to pray over that. Those of you sending in offerings, God bless you for all you're doing. But, Lord, I just pray right now over each and every person. I pray, Lord, over all of us that, Lord, this revelation will get rooted down within our hearts, that we will walk in such a way, Lord, that we will fulfill Matthew 5, Lord, it says we'll be his light. It will be his light in this dark world. And we'll do good works, Lord God, so that people will glorify you. We're not looking for the glory. We want to glorify you. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this revelation breaking forth in the hearts of the people all over the world, grabbing hold of this and understanding what, Mark, what, what John 14, 15, and 16 is telling us. And Lord, I ask you to bless them, to take them through this revelation, that as they speak over their finances and speak over their businesses and speak over their, their, everything that they're doing that brings wealth, Lord, to them, that, Lord, they just begin to speak over it and they see a miraculous increase in Jesus' name. That in the midst of the trials of life right now, Lord, we see an increase in everything that we do. Lord, I declare that we are blessed. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. Lord, in everything that we do, we're going to see abundant life in it. So, Lord, bless them. Bless us this night, Lord. Bring us together again for Sunday, for Pentecost Sunday, Lord, and a flow of the Holy Ghost like we've never seen before. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you.